Uh, hello and welcome to this uh, special in Hilo edition of Peach Pie. If you hear background noise, that is because we are in the Hilo Lounge in Athens, uh, Clark County. I'm here today with uh, R.J. Hadley, who is running for Secretary of State. So yes, thank you yes. for being here, R.J. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So to get started, I just wanted to you know kind of talk to you because you're actually I don't know if you know this, you're one of like the first people I met in Georgia politics when I came to Athens. You yeah. Were, you were around and. Uh, you always kind of stuck out in my mind because you're one of those people who weren't from Athens and weren't from Atlanta and were a Democrat and were, like me, really frustrated that like mm-hmm. no one really pays attention mm-hmm. anywhere but the big cities and in Georgia. So, uh, you know, you, you've been that kind of figure in my mind for a long well, time. Thanks, so, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to say congratulations on a side note, you know, for your success with oh, the Young you. Democrats. Yes, yes. Much and, appreciated. Uh, yeah, I do remember us having those talks, you coming out of Camden County and yeah. talking about, hey, what we're going to do down there. And, yeah, um, so that would be a great place for you to start. I know it's not really right about your Secretary of State, but I think it's important because a lot of times, even with the Secretary of State's office and all these other statewide officials, it's all about Atlanta. So, you know, like what... What makes rural Georgia important to you, and what do you think the party can do to start paying more attention? Well, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm i not from Georgia, not born here in Georgia, but my roots are deep in Georgia, down in Thomas County, Thomasville, right. right on the Florida line. So, you know, that's where my, my family's at. And so uh, rural is important to me on a number of different levels. I mean, on the political angle, I've been at this for over 10 years. Um, I started with my first race as U.S. Senate of all, of all first races yeah. that you could do. But it actually was a good race for me to start out with. I see that now because I hit about 133 counties um, and really got a chance to see other parts of Georgia outside of Metro Atlanta and really feeling that frustration from folks that feel like, hey, if I'm, if I'm not within the 285, nobody cares. Right. You know, nobody cares. And you can see from cycle to cycle that we try to take, you know, let's just politically, let's just hit Metro Atlanta, we'll get Savannah, we'll get Columbus, we'll get Macon, you know, and hit the, hit the metro areas, and that's going to be enough to get us over the top. But it hasn't worked. Right. You know, it, it has not worked. I mean, just look cycle after cycle. Um, and so, I, yeah, I definitely believe that rural Georgia is going to be a part. If we're, if we're going to cross that line, uh, I know people talk a lot about demographic shifting and, and we can wait for the numbers to shift. But if our message isn't one that, that grabs those guys, and, and okay, let me be clear, because I'm not talking about, uh, for me, I'm not, t- I'm not talking about being Democrat light or, or, or sliding over to the center because I, I just, and maybe it's because I'm a black man <laughs> and trying to run for office in Georgia, but I just don't believe that that white conservative voter I don't believe there's any message that I can give him or her that's gonna say, yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and go and vote for that guy. So for me, I'm like, look, I want to fire up the guys that I know are in my corner. You know, I know that they have, they have pulled for a D before. Right. Um, you know, when I run Vote Builder and I see 500 and what, 557,000 uh, people sit out on the midterms consistently. Right. Oh yeah. Last three midterms have sat out. Which is, by the way, uh, way above the margin you need to win, exactly. <laughs> because it's like four hundred thousand you need to win. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, everybody, I think, sees that math, um, but I guess they just don't believe. Um, I, I actually have a, a plan that uh, I'm going to give props to one of my good friends, Miguel Camacho. Uh, he's always talked about. He's a former candidate recruitment. 
when I was uh, for county parties with the state party, he was with candidate recruitment, and he used to always talk about that group, you know, uh, and, and we'd talk about it, and he pointed out, I said, man, if we could just get half of those guys, 33% of those guys, yeah, you know, you're almost be, there, yeah. you're almost there. Um, you know, when you just like what you said, I lost the race by 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. Okay, they're right there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have a plan that I'm calling the Blue Lion plan. You know, yeah. that that I want to wait though because those guys are the Blue Lions to me, and they need to be, you know, an alarm clock or something needs to go off to wake those guys up enough. And we can't do it without the rural counties. Yeah. Um, no, I'd push back a little bit. I think some of the white conservatives really, it's hard to convince them. It's like, I'm, I'm pretty much a Republican, but okay. just a little bit different. I think, you know, it's sort of the you know, same thing how some of the, um, you know, white conservative voters in Michigan and Wisconsin really like Bernie. It's sort of they're just sick of the BS. Mm. And it's hard to be authentic when you're tampering what you really believe as a Democrat. So, you know, you might surprise yourself going down there and just being bold because the thing well, is, you, you know, it's like why Jason Kander did so good in Missouri, you know. Basically, you know, some people are like, oh, I kind of disagree with you on some things, but, like, I trust that you're not going to lie to me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the voters are sick of that, too. You said you said it. Uh, you said about just saying what you believe. Right. And really since January in this campaign, uh, you know, right now I'm the only declared candidate for Secretary of State. Um, on the Democrat side. <laughs> on the Democrat yeah, yeah, side. Yeah, there's Josh McCoon is now Josh your McCoon. potential opponents. Yeah, yeah so. we got Josh McCoon and uh, Buzz Brockway. Yes. Um, guy I don't know too well, Raffensperger. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, David Bellow, Mayor of Alpharetta. Right. Who actually, we, we did a regional leadership uh, training class together, so I, I know David a little bit. Okay. But um, you were talking about beliefs. And so my thought, I agree with you. What I've always tried to do, even when I ran for U.S. Senate, when I ran for U.S. Senate, I went to places, probably because I didn't know any better, <laughs> that I shouldn't have. You know, I, yeah. was, I was down in Brunswick at a tea party. Hang out, Brunswick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My but, people. Yeah. But, I mean, I was at a tea party event down there. Yeah. And uh, a lot of those guys that are in office now were down there, and they were like, RJ, what are you, what are you doing here? This yeah. Is, you know? And I said, hey, I'm here, I'm running. They invited me, I came. You know? Yeah. Actually, there's a little video out there on YouTube, but I'm, the first thing I say is, I disagree with everything I've heard here. <laughs> and everybody starts laughing. Great. But I had so many people coming up after, it's like, look, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to vote for you, but, man, you've got some balls coming down here. Yeah. And... People appreciate when you stand for something, you know, against the tide of, of what they're talking about. Yeah. So I've been out since January just kind of circling back through those communities and the rural communities and talking to them again and saying, hey, I'm here, I'm back, this is what I'm talking about. Um, I'm really just trying to find out what are the issues. I went down there thinking that a lot of the issues were going to be jobs and economic development, but what's most on people's mind, healthcare. Yeah. Healthcare and the hospitals and, and all that. That's, yeah, that's I mean, mainly you know, what they want to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, it's terrifying for them because, you know, the, there's a solid chance that a lot of their hospitals are going to get shut down. And so, I mean, that's obviously something pretty big on everyone's mind and everybody's South Macon because um, it's, it's not a guaranteed thing. And the thing is, too, that a lot of people don't really think about enough is that, like, Hospitals are the heart of economic development because if you are a business and you're thinking about where you're going to put your business, especially you know the types of jobs you know, like agriculture and manufacturing that happen in Georgia, and there's not a hospital there, so if one of your employees you know falls off a tractor and like busts back and he's got to go 90 miles to get to a hospital, you're not going to start doing business there. And so yeah, it's just uh, 
it's really insane to think that the state hasn't come up with a solution or just bit the bullet and expanded Medicaid. Um, so that's been a constant frustration for me that they have not just accepted the reality that they're going to have to do something. You know, it, you know, if you want to be political and not expand Medicaid, great, whatever. But you got to come up with some solution, and they just haven't done it yet, which is weird since so many of them are from rural Georgia. Right, right. And I will, I will, you know, uh, I will give uh, props to Speaker Ralston. Uh, he yeah. has tried to make this uh, with his rural initiative, and I had a chance to talk with him uh, briefly in Savannah. Um, um, no, actually, we were in Athens. We were here. Oh. Yeah, it was a tax commissioner's uh, tax commissioner's conference, and he spoke to us there and talked to him briefly about it. And so I, I feel that he's sincere about it. They've started tours already. They started out in Tip, Tip, uh, Tipton. Yeah. Um, and they're going to go around and really try to kind of do what I was doing, basically hear what's going on. And, and, and I'm hoping he's going to carry that back to the session and they're going to come up with some, some real ideas. Yeah, I hope so as well. And uh, that reminded me, we, you know, we talked about your unsuccessful race, but what about your successful race? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, I actually I came off of the United States Senate and went and was successful being the vice chair of the Democratic Party of Georgia. Right. Um, and that was sort of my next win, I guess, as it were. And uh, that, was a, that was a good experience. It was a little rocky. We had uh, some transitional periods with... Uh, a chairman who shall not be named yeah. uh, is in jail right now. But, <laughs> but good times. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are those are some different difficult times. But we got through it, and uh, you know, I, I ran unsuccessfully for chair of the party twice. Yes. And but at the time that I was running, I was talking about the same thing I'm talking about now, which is look, we gotta get outside of 285. Yep. We go down, talk to folks. Um, we need to be. We need to be doing things. I, I always said, look, if we're going to have a big meeting of Democrats, there better be service projects attached to that big meeting. Right. Because Democrats need to show that, um, that they're doing something in the community. I mean, that, I've been a Democrat all my life, and that's what I knew Democrats to be. You know, um, I grew up in New Jersey. I was in the Democratic Party there. And it was always about, you know, what was going on in the community. And, and, and our party was out helping, feeding people clothing people, school backpacks. That's what I knew the Democratic Party today. Um, now we've kind of come to this kind of corporatist kind of thing, and yeah. it's about the money, but it's not about the money, and so I kind of struggle with that. But um, for me, uh, in, in this race, I'm still talking about the values that, that I believe to be what a Democrat is. Yeah. Well, on that note, then, why Secretary of State of uh, all the offices you can you know, pursue? It's definitely uh, one that's been on the news a lot, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I'd say, because uh, Secretary of State, at least in my opinion, is like a boring administrative position. At least that's what it should be. It's yes. like it is there to like you, you keep your head down, you keep the trains running on time, right. and our Secretary of State has been on the news more than almost any other Secretary of State that's not seeking higher office like, you know, Jason Kander was and uh, Allison Grimes in mm -hmm. Kentucky. So... Why did you want to run for Secretary of State? Of because I think we need to get it back to that. Right. Just a guy that knows that you know has a track record of, of getting stuff to run, get the trains to run on time. Yeah. Uh, as tax commissioner of Rockdale County, I I broke, I got no broke records. Okay, I was the first African American uh, to be elected as tax commissioner in Rockdale County, and people thought, oh, you know. It, everything's going to go fall apart. Right. Uh, won two national awards and recognition for the programs that I ran. Uh, civic Education, uh, ACCG recognized me for the work that I was doing. First time a tax commissioner has ever been recognized for that. Um, first time 
that a first-term tax commissioner was nominated for tax commissioner of the year. So I, I'm saying this to say, yeah, guys, I can do this job. Like, right. I know how to work with people. And here's a nice touch. Secretary of State, and we're going to talk about this later, is really, you You got to have some tech knowledge yeah. to do this job now. Oh, yeah. Okay? Because the idea is you want things to run smoothly. You don't want it to be about you. You want people to know that they can go and vote quickly, safely, and that their data is secure, their data is protected. Um, and you got to have some kind of tech knowledge to be able to do that. And that's one of the things that I'm going to be presenting. I'm going to say, look, this is, other than being six foot five, I'm the tallest guy in the race. <laughs> that's, um, that's good. That's, uh, historically, you know, that that's, helps you out. You know, I, I believe so. You know, I'm the tallest guy in the race. Uh, but I also feel like I have the skills in the background that, that, that will allow me to do this job and then do it well uh, in terms of protecting our data. Running but I want to do some things, too. I mean, I, I want to talk about automatic voter registration, okay? I'm a big fan of that, so yeah. I'm happy to hear that. You know, um, you're asking for the same thing that you're asking when I go to get my driver's license. So why don't we just do it right there? Yeah. Right? And don't let me don't let me opt in, make me opt out. Right. Right? Register me. Um, why can't we do same-day registration and voting? Can't yeah. those states that have success with that? It's possible. I know not everything is going to work for Georgia, but for me, I'm saying let's make voting easier, right, and simpler. Um, let's give people more choices. I've been talking about third-party candidates. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm a Democrat, solid, but I don't want to keep a libertarian from getting on the ballot. I don't want to see if a Green Party person wants to get on the ballot. Let them get on the ballot. Yeah. Give the voters more choices because I like that because it's going to bring. If you're with the Constitution Party and You've got your candidate there. Okay, you're going to go for your candidate, but you're also going to say, well, let me look at some of these other candidates. Right. Right? Yeah. Here's a guy that might not have ever come to the polls at all, but now he will come. But i got to say, um, what I've seen since Congressman Handel, Congresswoman Handel, yeah. when she was uh, a secretary, I've seen a move in the opposite direction. Yeah. That they're trying to keep people out of the polls. Yeah. You know, that they want to suppress the vote. I mean, as soon as she got in there, dropping people off the rolls, Kemp has kept that up. Numerous lawsuits to get people back on the voter rolls. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to limit the number of polling locations, right? Yeah. Limit the places you can go to vote. I mean, these are all tactics to keep people away. Yeah, and, you know, for me... Being you know the political actors we are, we understand you know that's the game that they play. The part that's made me just like pull my hair out is how, especially Brian Kemp has just seen like he doesn't care about the voter data breaches and the lack of security in the system. Like that part, he just like I would feel like you would be really raising the alarm and asking the governor, like, hey, I need more money. <laughs> like, I need to do something about this because he's had multiple cases of the voter data, not, uh, you know, getting out, which has social security numbers, has people's addresses, you know, a lot of important information. And, you know, to the point where, as I'm sure you're aware, they had to put on their website for several months, like, hey, get your, you know, get identity theft checks, you know, for free. I, yeah. had, I yeah. had to get one. Yeah. I had to get one myself. Exactly. And yeah. it's just like that. That part's uh, pretty insane. But, um, and I've talked to the secretary a couple times about these items, especially in the breaches. And I just, the attitude that I get from him is that he thinks it's overblown. Yeah. That it's just political posturing. Um, you know, we had it contained. It was, or just like he's doing with the, with the voter data, uh, giving over to this 
sham uh, voter for commission, yeah, you know, fraud commission, yeah, um, because I, I fraud voter fraud commission, <laughs> yeah, um, I I called him on that too and wanted to talk to him about that, um, and he just felt the same way, like, well, I'm just giving information that I would give to Democratic Party of Georgia, yeah, you know, which is true. To be fair, it is true, but yes, but what you're allowing and what I feel is setting up for is some sort of national voter registration initiative because if I can say this is a real problem fraud is a real problem you better let us you know you guys start registering here with us and then we'll push it out to the states right whenever you start grabbing okay you want date of birth you want last four of my social you want my voting history since 06 and party yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um I just feel it's like this slippery slope attack on states' rights, really. Yeah. I really do. And Chris Kobach, who has a history of, like, I'm trying to suppress the vote. I'm like, Mr. Suppress the Vote. Yeah. I mean, his own his own courts find him yeah. and, and told him to back off. This is foolishness. Right. Know, he couldn't find any real voter fraud. So, um, but, you know, I did, I, 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 I called him. You know, I said, hey, what, what's happening here? You know, and I talked to every, uh, I tried to talk, I reached out to every living former social uh, secretary of state as well yeah. and asked them to, you know. And I got a couple that agreed with me, um, a couple that weren't going to agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't any chance of them agreeing with me, and, you know, one I'm not quite so sure. But um, to me, when I look at the history, as a matter of fact, I put up a post last night, I said, look, the history of being a Georgia secretary has been about protecting our stuff. Yeah. It, it's been about, I mean, I took it all the way. John Milton, who was the first guy that was Secretary of State, he, he, he grabbed up the, during the Revolutionary War, he grabbed up our important documents and he went through like three states running from the British so they wouldn't get our documents. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, the guy during the Civil War, uh, uh, Barnett, I think his name is. Yeah, Nathan Barnett. He took, he took the seals and the documents when Sherman was doing his march to the sea. He grabbed the stuff, and this is when the Capitol was in Milledgeville. Yeah. He went to his house and dug up and dug under his pigsty and hid the stuff <laughs> under there. You know, um, when there was a controversy, there was a, in the 40s, the three governors controversy, yeah. the three guys thought that they were governor. Right. Um, governor Fortson, I'm not governor, Secretary Fortson, he took the stuff and like hid it under his wheelchair where nobody could see the, 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 um, the Georgia seal. So that they couldn't really make anything official without until, him until it was all sort of <laughs> That's done. Great. So, I mean, like, there's, like, there's this history of secretaries doing that. <laughs> well, like I said in the post, everybody that I mentioned, they probably wouldn't vote for me. Or oh probably, yeah. I, I doubt that they would form a host committee for me. <laughs> but <laughs> there's still a history. There's there's like a duty that the secretary has, and I, I really don't think he should have given that data out. Yeah. Yes, you could, but does that mean you should? Right. And what? Um, Last count I saw, I think 27, 28 other secretaries agreed with us. Yeah. On that. Yeah, I mean, it's a majority for sure, which, by the way, are mostly Republicans. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, how many Republicans, because by far the most flamboyant statement came from the Secretary of State of Mississippi. He told him to go jump in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, which yeah. Was, that's great. <laughs> yes. But um, getting to the actual concerns that are legitimate about voter integrity, um, we talked about the Buzz, Buzz Brockway, Brockway on the show already, okay. and one of the things he brought up that we actually were in agreement on was trying to update our voting machines, trying to like find new ways to you know, ensure their security. So what are your thoughts on that? What sorts of uh, advances in the tech that we have there would you like to okay. see? 
Um, that's going to be a tough one. I'm going to be advocating for new machines altogether. Right. The DRA, direct response uh, electronic machines, they're outdated. Um, modifying them so that they can ex do like a paper trail is going to be more cost prohibitive. Right. We have 27,000 of these machines. All right. When Secretary Cox bought into it, it was a $54 million, uh, you know, buy. Right. Okay. People say, well, a Democrat brought it in, so what are you crying about? <laughs> okay, there's a whole story there, and it actually started with Secretary Massey, who came before her, but that's a whole other story. The main thing is that we need we need a paper trail. We need something that will allow us when we go to do it. Right now, when you do an audit, it's not really an audit, because it's basically just saying, um, is that the, you're saying to the computer, is that the vote? And the computer says, yeah, that's the vote. And then we say, okay. It's basically like the equivalent of unplugging it and then plugging it back in. <laughs> and then like, oh, hey, it yeah. says the same thing, yay. Um, to me, you know, I, I grew up as a, net, you know, I was a network guy. I was a software developer, you know, network, network engineer. And it was like, when, when there was a problem with this, you, you look for something independent of this. Right. That's your audit. You don't go to this and say, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. All right. It's an audit. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's not something in my office that I can just say, hey, we're going to change out the machines. Right. You know, that's where I have to have a conversation with the legislature and the governor and, and, and get people to agree to that. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of money, and uh, but I'm, I'm going to advocate for it. I believe that these machines are outdated. Um, I've already seen from, you know, a number of states that have left those machines behind and either gone to something uh, with a, what they call a legal path, a voter verified audit trail, right. or just gone back to paper ballots. Because they're, so, they're, so other states are also showing, hey, yeah, we think it's time to move on from those machines. They were only supposed to have a shelf life of really 10 years, okay? And so we're, we're like beyond that point. Um, so that, yeah, you know when we got them, like Cox okay. would have been like... Yeah, um, what year was, I, I, don't, I don't have her term in, in my mind, but... Well, the Republicans took over in 02, so... Um, then somewhere around there then, probably? Uh, yeah, it would have to be... Yeah, it would have had to have been after the whole hanging Chad incident. So it had right, to be early two so thousand. Early two thousands. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean we're it's they've gone beyond their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's it's gonna have to be a conversation where people believe that okay, I know what we've heard about the Russian hacking and intrusion and, and there's been a couple of high profile gaffes with the Fulton uh, they plugged in the, the card in the wrong election, and some guy got in Cobb County. He got some of the um, some of the electronic pieces were stolen out of his truck. Right. So again, as a tech guy, I'm thinking I want to know where is the information flowing, where are the weaknesses in the system, uh, what firewalls are set up. Um, this is another reason why I'm against what I feel is happening, where we're trying to centralize information. Yeah. What protects us from the Russians or anybody else is that we've got 159 counties that all have their own systems and they feed up to the state. Right. If it was the reverse and that guy who was able to hack into the Kennesaw system and everything was maintained centrally, then yeah, that would be a problem. They would be able to actually affect votes. Yeah. You know, and, and affect elections. So, um, I'm not for, in, in terms of voting, I'm not for any kind of type of centralized, uh, let's get online and we're going to centralize it all up to the state. Yeah. And then the state will tell 
they're, they're going to tell Camden what the results of were of their election. Yeah, it just uh-huh. it doesn't seem like a great idea. No, not a yeah. good idea. Um, the uh, uh, the report that came out about the Russian hacking, I, mean, I think it's everyone's accepting that something has that there was an attempt. Yeah, a coordinated attempt. But again, where I take some comfort in is that the way our system is, is that everything's not centralized at the state level. Everything's not centralized in D.C. So yeah, maybe you got in and you kind of mucked around in there or something like that, but you can't go back into all the 3,000 plus county election boards and go messing around in there. It's just, you know. Yeah, it's just unfeasible to do that, which is... Yeah, it's it's odd because most of the time you you know you want that sort of access and centralized location, but in this situation, it seems like uh, it's a blessing that we don't have that. And we got to know that uh, if there was an attempt, there will be an attempt again. Yeah. So this is why I'm I'm saying um, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be touting that I have tech experience. You know, uh, I worked for companies here. I worked for companies overseas doing software development. Um, you know, I was doing Java development when people thought Java was coffee, okay? Right, <laughs> you know yeah. So, um, uh, working in the network environment. So, what these guys are doing in cybersecurity now definitely is outside of my pay grade, but I can talk to them and I can evaluate the guys that have the skill to come in and keep us protected and safe. Right. Well, that's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that issue develops. I really hope that's something that this race talks about a lot because it's a big issue going forward, even if... Um, no one successfully hacked us this time. It's you know just a matter of time before someone tries again. Doesn't even have to be the Russians. Um, so so on another note, uh, a big job of the Secretary of State is dealing with uh, business registrations and stuff like that. So what co- sort of innovations would you like to see there? Where how you how you evaluate what our current systems are? Yes, you know, we're working on that. You're saying my lines. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's where you start. Um, professional licensing, um, corporate registrations all of these other pieces that come into it. Now that gets into communications, you've got to evaluate what's going on right now. What I'm generally hearing is that the businesses would like to see, um, and, and I won't say that uh, Secretary Kim or Secretary Cox, um, and even Secretary Handel at some point, they did make some innovations to make the process smoother, but as in anything in business, business they don't want to do that. It's, they're trying to run the business. This is what the state's requiring them to do it. So they want it to be as smooth as possible. So um, I want to take a look at first to evaluate, okay, where are we at? Um, how do we improve upon, can we use technology to make this even more seamless? Uh, same thing with, with um, securities, securities regulation and, and that job there. So um, I believe that we can make improvements on it, but you can't just come in and say, well, I'm going to just snap in some new technology. Right. You've got to really do a real evaluation of where we're at right now and what the business community feels where we need to be going. Um, short of, like, we just don't want to do anything. We don't want to register, you know, we want to run our business, we don't want to pay those fees. Well, the state relies on that. So, uh, you know, on a $21 million budget, the Secretary of State's office collects about 80, you know, 80 million in, in various fees and whatnot. So it's a moneymaker for the state. Yeah. Okay. It's the same thing like when I was in tax commissioner. Yeah. Nobody wants to pay those taxes, but, you know, we're going to pay for the library, we're going to pay for the roads. Somebody has to do it. And let's do it as, let's make it as painless as possible. So you come in, you take care of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, 
Yeah, I find it interesting how few yeah, people like actually cool. understand what the role of the Secretary of State is. Because yeah. it's sort of a confusing title, because everyone knows like what the federal Secretary of State does. Like, mm-hmm. It's very unrelated to what the state-level Secretary of State does. Yeah, so I mean, it, it it's really sort of, yeah, it's just very different jobs. Elections, licensing, uh, registration, securities, um, and then there's the historical piece. Um, you know, the, the keeper of the records and the keeper of the seal and those kind of things. I'm a, I'm a little bit on the history side. Of like, yeah, and that, that was a pleasant surprise because yeah. I haven't really got to hear a lot of that history before. So. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very neat. Um, you know, there's only there have only been uh, 24 other secretaries right. come before. Uh, certainly. Uh, I wouldn't be the first Democrat, but um, I might be a, a, I can't, the Democrats of then, yeah. or maybe not the Democrats of the day. That is true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of taken the time to really kind of go through and understand what each one went through in their time and what they did in their time period. So, yeah, and hopefully you won't have to like save the records from like an impending invasion or anything. Yeah, you know? I, I I don't want to have to. I don't have a pigsty, yeah. so I don't want to go and bury anything underneath there. Yeah, a question I wanted to ask you about sure. um, that I forgot to hit earlier. That's why I should like pay more attention to my notes. Okay. Um, a couple months ago, there was an incident. I think it was in Hancock County where some police were going around checking people's voter registration. Did you ever hear about that? I I did hear about that. Um, my understanding of it was uh, there's a guy that's been talking about a list that uh, something called cross check right okay and that list kind of has this names of people that supposedly are voting illegally right okay um, and I still haven't figured out whether it's tied to that or not but I think that was the justification that look um, you're on some list and we need to check and verify. Um, at the end of the day, to me, it's suppression. Yeah. Um, because anytime the police come and want to verify something, that makes you definitely want to back up. Yeah. Um, and it, and and I didn't. It seemed to be people of color that were being affected, and it seemed to be more Democrats that were being affected. I haven't had a chance to go through the list of all the people. But the same thing happened in uh, Brooks County the Quicken Pen uh, Board of Elections race, it was the same kind of attack. Hey, you you, you voted illegally, they, they ran through the mud. Yeah. Now they eventually were exonerated uh, completely, but but it's after... It's, it's the Lyndon B. Johnson make them deny it sort of thing. It's after the fact, right? Yeah. Your name's already been run through the mud and people kind of looking at you side-eye. So are these people that are going to go out and vote? We, we want people to vote with confidence. Um, I absolutely don't want to see people do something illegal and vote in yeah. multiple states. But I'm sorry, until you show me proof positive that this is going on on some sort of wide scale, you know, no, I think that anything that you're doing in the, in the name of that, you're actually just decreasing the vote right. from people that, that are legally able to vote. And all these lawsuits. That, that like the last two that, that Secretary Kemp lost, you know, he had to put these people back on the rolls, but it's after the fact. You know, after you've already drugged into the mud or made the, it's nothing worse than, you know, you've probably done poll watching or poll exit polls or something. Yeah. And just imagine when you go and you're you have the hope of going to vote and then somebody says, No, you're on a list or you're not on the list or something and turns you away. 
Yeah. See, I, that's I want to get away from that. Um, that, and I think since since Secretary Handel, we've had that attitude of reduction. Right. You know, guilty before proven innocent. You know, you're trying to game the system. I think we need to, to we need to open the system, bring, get more voters into the polls, and have that type of attitude. Now, I will say, um, in this political environment that we have, Red Georgia supposedly turning purple, um, you know, it's going to be difficult already for any of us to break through on a statewide level, let alone all of us. Right. Right. So anybody that does break through. And I wish my name was Stacy right now. Yeah, it seems like you'd be doing pretty well. You know, if I get yeah. like, it's, it's kind of hard to fight fight for attention. Yeah. If your name's not Stacy right now, but you, you you know, okay, I broke through, but it's gonna be tough. Yeah. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, I mean, you know, even the Ossoff race proves that. I mean, we had the most expensive congressional race in history, and we weren't able to pull it off. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, was I disappointed? Yeah. Was I surprised? No, because it was a, a, you know, drawn district to elect a Republican. But I think that actually gets us in a good place to kind of talk about what the future of the party should be. We already talked about the rural and urban divide. You know, what other issues are you thinking will help the party get to where it needs to go? We gotta just start working together, and I know it seems real simple, but we need to get in the community and just roll up sleeves together. Um, because I found in Rockdale County, which was you know solidly red, and when we ran, we ran as a slate of eight, and, right? And we ran all together, and we went, we did barbecues together, we were churches together, we did backpack drives together. Um, were we all? friends and you know loving on each other all the time no we had disagreements but when we when we were out there working and helping people and people were glad like you forget all that i mean we're still dealing with the bernie versus hillary battles yeah um the progressives versus the corporate elite you know i kind of mentioned it uh, are you are you going to the left enough you know are you just there for the corporate dollar okay um at some point we got to recognize I know it seems like the other side is all just, they're all, they're always together and they're all like, well, no, you know, they had their tea party group yeah. that said, hey, you're not far enough to the right, you know, well, it always seems like they come together and maybe, maybe they do, but in a way, why don't we just get back to helping, like helping the working guy, helping working, working, working women. Yeah. Um, one of, one of my mentors who, uh, was up from uh, North Georgia out of Lumpkin County. A guy by the name of Bob. He was calling Bob. Bob Barton. His name was. Um, he always said, RJ, you just gotta just feed the people. And I always thought that was really simplistic. And I thought, I, I get that, Bob. But I mean, you know, you've got to do all these things. And I've got these charts. And I've got these yeah. graphs. And this is telling me, he's like, yeah, just go in and just start feeding people. People will come, you know? Yeah. Folks, folks are in need. And we've, we've got to, like I said, I know it seems simplistic, <clears throat> but we got to get to the point of working together again, recognizing that we have differences. I know some folks say, well, um, you know, I don't want to talk about gay issues down here in right. this part of the state. Um, I'm worried you're going to come get my guns, right? Yeah. You know, gays, guns, and guys. You know, I'm just yeah. going to hit me with that, and, and that's going to turn you off. Um, 
whenever I'm down and I'm talking, uh, matter of fact, I'll be down in um, Appling County in a couple of weeks, down in Baxley, and people are like, yeah, well, what about you know, homosexual issues, and what about this and that? I say, okay, well, this is where I'm, I'm on it. I see where you're at on it. So what do we do now? Yeah. And I mean, also, just, I'm running for Secretary of State, and I'm going to do anything with that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, another thing. But. I know I'm not supposed to, I guess I shouldn't even talk about those things, but it's the unsaid thing in the room. Right. And do we just stay over here fighting while this goes on? You know, how much of the current administration and what we have here in Georgia, like, how much will you take? And to what point do you say, let's, let's just try to come together? Right. You know, so for the from the state party side, yes, I was very critical, and I'm sorry, I continue to be critical of the state party. Um, so I've, I've, you know, lost some friends at that level. Yeah. And I understand that, but I just felt that after the election, we were not hands-on enough. That's why I started my whole rural tour. Right. And I kept saying, Are "You guys going to get out here and start talking to people? People are really hurting. We're all in shock. Can't believe this happened." Um. So I, I'm I'm not the darling of the, the state party by any means. Yeah. Especially as a former uh, state party officer, I think some folks expect me to fall in line a little more. Um, you know, but I just I don't know. Uh, you know, after ten plus years of it, you just start to say, like, I'm just going to say what I feel." Right. Well, uh, the way I like to wrap up these conversations is have you ask me a question. So flip the table and you you ask me something. So okay. Okay. What would you like to ask? With everything that's gone on, especially Assad's campaign, and I kind of saw the post. I mean, you were active in that campaign. Yeah. Um, what's your mood going into the midterm? I mean, I'm I'm wondering like, are the young guys like, well, what the hell? I'm done. Yeah. You know, I put, because I saw a lot of posts out there and it was excitement. It really felt like Obama 08, which got right. me involved. Where do you guys feel like going into midterms? Well, I, I will have to admit that I'm a bit of an outlier. I know that to begin with. Okay. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caveat by showing my biases on my sleeve. Whereas um, I got involved in 2012 because of Obama. So the you know the people that got really excited in 08, I was still in high school and a little bit oblivious and in my own world. So I kind of got lucky that I felt that way. But in 2012, I'm like, this guy's great. You know, it really got me fired up. Um, but, I mean, you know, I was a Hillary guy uh, this cycle. Um, and I've just always been a brutal pragmatist. And for me, like I mentioned just a, you know, a couple minutes ago, like the Ossoff thing was like stretch for me. I knew the numbers. I knew that was a hard district for us. And if we won that, I'd be like, my God, we really could. This is great. I love this. You know, I think this is a great candidate too. And I was really frustrated in that race because I felt like Karen Handel didn't even try that hard to run and that she was like doing like the most boring 2000 like 10 Republican playbook possible and it won and I was shocked by that aspect that she could run a lazy campaign and do as well as she did. Um, but I mean I, I still am really confident um, because I think when I look in when I look around the state, there's a lot of people like you and a lot of people um, that I work with in the state house when I've been there that I think are, you know, going to be really, really big, important stars. I mean, look at the gubernatorial field we have. Both Stacey Evans and Stacey Abrams, are they perfect? No, but... Oh, are they Are they perfect? No, but they are both, like, amazing candidates, and I'd be happy to have one of them, but we have both of them. And, you know, we're going to have to build up our bench on the state level and actually run some new races, you know, because, like, a big surprise and a big thing that encouraged me a lot this cycle 
um, was Sam Park. Sam Park came oh, out of yeah, nowhere yeah. and won a district that was pretty tough, and that's pretty exciting. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think um, I think everyone is discouraged, but looking at the numbers and looking at the climate, I think 2018 is going to be a really good year for us. And I think. Um, you know, it's always darkest right before the dawn. Good. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, we're definitely going to need you guys. And uh, like I said, I've just been concerned yeah. Yeah. That, that people are going to just be so disheartened. It's going to be okay. okay. People will get excited again. There'll be there'll be more more John Ossoff. So, you know, I think uh, I think there's a lot more to look forward to. But uh, anyway, we're getting pulled away. This this event is starting to start up. So thank yes. you, RJ, for being here. No problem. And, uh, uh, can I give a pitch for my site? Oh, yeah, yeah, please. All right, yes. I uh, hope people will join me. I'm very active on my Facebook page at RJ, yes. RJH number four US or RJHadley.com. Thank you so much. All right, I appreciate thank you, RJ. It. All right, good. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, share the show with a friend and go over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find our show. We'll be back with another episode of Peach Pod next week. Until then, take care, y'all.